0: Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories and tips on how to find your purpose, empowering you to create your own life. This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course launching in May demystifies the subject of Dharma and helps you tune in to why you're really here. Life is not meant to be hard, and when we get on our soul path, it all changes. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward/do your Dharma for more information. And without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. So it is competition time. I am looking for die hard Kitty Talks fans. At the end of this month, my course, the Do Your Dharma course, goes live. It's an eight week online course, and I'm giving away three spots to die hard Kitty Talks fans. All I ask uh, is you help me make this course the most amazing transformational mindset shift that you've ever taken. So I'm offering the opportunity of three free spots to our listeners. All you have to do is email me at kittytalks.com. Tell me why you want to help me out, why you want to do the course for free, and also tell me what you love about Kitty Talks. The winners will be announced in a week's time. So we will come back to you on the next episode of Kitty Talks and tell you who wins. And we'll also put it through our social media channels. But let's repeat that. So I really want you to help me out. The Do Your Dharma course is launching. I would love your input, your feedback. How can we make this course absolutely mind-blowing? So email me kitty at kittytalks.com and tell me why you want one of the three free spots. Thanks so much for your help and making this the best possible course we possibly can. I'd also like to call you guys co-creators of the Do your Dharma course. So good morning and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me a very special guest all the way from Thailand, the social media angel herself, Katie. Hello. Hi! <laughs> All the way from Kopang in Thailand. Fantastic. Yes, Fantastic. For those of you that no, don't know the social media
1: angel, as I like to call her, uh, Katie is mm-hmm. a social media marketing consultant, I would say, who works with Hay House authors and has had her own business for the last 10 years. And she's very much a voice of authority, I would say, in the personal development industry in her space. So I really wanted her to come today and share her life story with Kitty Talks listeners to see how she transitioned from her corporate life into what she's doing now. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, it's been quite a ride up until this point. Um, But I am very fortunate in that I love the work that I do and I get to do the work that I love on a daily pay- basis with people that I love so um, well, I mean love- that I'm very lucky and fortunate but I've made my own luck and fortune in that as well yeah and what I love about what you're doing now is you've created not only you're doing what you love um but you've created this amazing lifestyle where you're traveling around the world doing what you love
0: so um for yes. people listening do you mind explaining a little bit more about um you know who you are and what you're doing in the world really
1: yeah, I mean, do you want me to kind of give a, a full background on on how I've come to where I've come to?
0: Well, I think if it's okay, initially, if you tell our listeners what you're doing now, and then what we'll do is we'll go back to sort of see how you. Cool. Okay.
1: Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I am the social media angel, and I work with authors, experts in the mind, body, spirit uh, world. I have clients in America, in Australia, um, in England and, and Europe, so right across the world. And I've been doing that on my own as a consultant now since 2014. So I switched my business model from I had an agency and I decided to go solo as a consultant in 2014. And I have equally in that I used to help people run their social media platforms. I was actually doing it for people. And I would say in the last 18 months, as I have traveled more um, and wanted to make that switch to a more traveling lifestyle, I've moved much more into consultancy and coaching so that I'm not dependent on actually doing it for people, I can just help people do it themselves. So that's allowed another layer of freedom to allow for the traveling, because I found when I was traveling and having to like, do it for people, that was, that was like, quite time sensitive sometimes. Yeah. yeah, And so being different time zones, that wasn't working for me in quite the same way. Wonderful. Yes. And so you now spend how much time in Thailand on a yearly yearly basis? Well, I've been here this time. I've been here for four months. So I do. I live very much in flow. So I follow my soul voice, not just around my business, but also about where I'm meant to be. So I spent three months in Bali at the start of the year. Then I came back to England. I was speaking uh, at the Mind Body Spirit Festival in London, and I had a couple of other kind of speaking gigs and engagements and workshops back in the UK. So I came back and spent the summer. Actually, I was down on the south coast for a little while, and um, and then I came out here, and I've been out here for four months. And then I'll come back again to England in the new year, and then I'll decide where I want to go next. Beautiful. And that's exactly what we want to do through these interviews: is inspire people to live in a new paradigm way. Which, and you said you live in flow, and that's exactly how I, one of the ways I describe, you know, living in the new paradigm. Yes. Yes. And it takes, it's taken me a while to both give myself permission to do that. Mm. Uh, give the people around me in my life, give me permission to do that because it's amazing actually when you start to step out of that box of You know, even when I, I you know, I, I had my agency, and I would go. I'd set up my own business, and I would go into the office every morning, and I'd be there. And and I was like, okay, I'm running my own business, but I'm still like in this box where I have to be in the office from this time to this time. So then I went solo as a consultant. And one of the big reasons for choosing to go solo as a consultant was because I didn't want to be sat at a disc desk in the same place every day, every week you know I had you know I was just like okay so next but then I found I was sat at my desk in my house every day every week you swap it I was just like okay yeah what's the next? okay like how can I keep pushing this this boundary but when I when I started to do that like I came away for a month and I came back to England I came back to England for like three months and then I went again for a month. And then I came back and each time everyone was like, oh, you're going away again. You're doing that again. And it's probably taken me until this trip to like get my clients, my family, my friends, mm-hmm. like cool with the fact that I will go away for a couple of months at a time because I was doing something that was considered quite different and it's been quite interesting to witness their resistance and then I felt like I was like almost like apologizing (laughs) for living my life in a way that I wanted to fit which was quite interesting and there's so much conditioning that we that we are fighting with I think on a you know on a daily basis when we do transition and when we do change our lives to live more in flow but I, I still have it where you know I might be doing this and I'm like oh I'm not working and it's like well hold on you are working you know but we're so conditioned to kind yeah. of nine to five work yeah. if we're not sat in front of a desk or computer then yeah. you're not working you know yeah massively and I I felt like I was you know particularly maybe the first So I've been doing this traveling now for two years it took me a year from from winding up my agency to transition, to start to travel. And like it was little bits at a time and now I'm doing longer stretches, but I found I was almost, yeah, like apologizing or I'll be back then. And I, what I have realized is mobile technology. Like my mobile phone is my office. I could be sat by the pool and I can be doing emails or I can be in a cafe And I can be writing, you know, my book or I can be somewhere else and I can, you know, I can be down to the beach and I could record five or six videos, which I can then use for my social media channel. So it's like, you don't have to be tied to a location to be working. I could be taking a walk and I could be figuring out a strategy for one of my clients. And it's actually probably when I'm taking the walk in the beautiful place that the best ideas are dropping in because I'm relaxed. And I'm in flow. So actually my creative ideas are stronger And you're, they would be if I was like, yeah. And there's space in your life for them to come through, isn't there? I think sometimes when we're on that kind of corporate nine to five, it's just a rat race. We're just in kind of survival mode, you know, go to, especially in the winter, mm-hmm. you know, it's dark. You go to work, it's dark. You go come home, it's dark. You might even pop out for a sandwich and you get a tiny bit of daylight, you know. Um, but take us
0: back yeah. because what, you know, obviously a lot of people listening to this podcast or probably where you were maybe 10 years ago you know one of the things by sharing your yeah. life story how
1: did what was your yeah. did you have an epiphany or what was your transition you mentioned you obviously have always been in this field uh, and you mentioned you ran a larger agency tell me a bit yes more. well I know I, I had like, actually had a small boutique agency but how it was I, I worked in the music industry and I don't I, I had always followed my passions Uh, I was very fortunate in that I was doing some temping in my early 20s and I landed uh, a temp job covering the phones for Dave Pierce, the Radio 1 DJ. So I was thrown in at the the kind of deep end in some ways. Um, So I used to, yeah, I worked in his office and then I moved to his management company. And it was through... Working in his management company, that I started then representing quite a lot of other DJs. And one of my DJs had just lost their show on KISS FM. Yeah. And I um I'd heard of these things called a podcast. So I was like, why don't we do a podcast, put it out on MySpace? And still provide for your audience that were there you know from the radio station, so I could keep them booking into the clubs in clubland because we needed to show that they were still popular in order for them to get fees to play in the clubs, so and it would help me get them back on the radio. so I kind of came up with this strategy, and we ended up winning a Sony Radio Academy Award for Best Internet program the first year that they did them in two thousand and seven. Wow mm-hmm. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I'd, I'd always followed my passion in my job. Like I was always passionate about music. I was passionate about the music industry. I'd made sure I was in the right places to pick up potential jobs that would feed me, my soul and creatively as well. Um, but when I, I'd, I I'd, won the Sony award and I was I was 28 and I'd probably say that I was a little bit as well, like I lacked um a little bit of caution, maybe like I do lack a little bit of caution in my personality trait. And um I had a lot of contacts out in Ibiza. And I decided that I wanted to continue making podcasts. So like I just won this pod, this this Gold Radio Academy Award, so I quit my job and I went off to Ibiza, and I knew that I had contacts. So it, it's like relationships. Like don't make these jumps unless you know you've kind of got relationships in yeah. certain places. Like I knew I had relationships in place in Ibiza through my work. And I was now feeling really passionate about making podcasts. I was like the podcast queen. <laughs> I, mean, <you're> most <laughs> I was your highest excitement. My soul And um, I went to a friend of mine who was a, a radio producer who used to run the Mambo Studios in Ibiza and said, How about we team up? And we approach the clubs to see if they want podcast making. So my two passions at that time were clubbing and podcasting and DJs. So it was like, so again, it was like listening. And what am I really passionate about? Okay. Like, how can I, how can I make a living from doing that? So we literally went around all the clubs and we pitched this podcast idea to I think all the major nightclubs and one of them said yes. And so we didn't get paid a huge amount for it, but we would go to the club every Sunday. We'd interview the DJs. I'd get some Vox Pops from the punters and and record a bit of the atmosphere. And we'd have it online by the time everyone was leaving the club at wow. six o'clock that next morning. <laughs> and it, it went to number one on iTunes. So, you know, it was just like, everyone desperately did not win long. under Coming out of the clubs, huh? they, coming out of the clubs, they were still desperate for the more and like reliving their night before. So they went straight up, straight to number yes, one. But that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, they're wanting to relive the night before. They want to go and put the set on that they've just been dancing to, you know, that next day when they're maybe chilling out by the pool or whatever. So it was like, how can we, you know, again, it's kind of like thinking about how people are and what their passions are and how we could, you know, marry the two yeah. together. Yeah. And that's why social media works so well for me, Kitty, because it's like, what do people love? What do I love? What does my client love? What does their audience love about them or about what they're doing or about the thing? And it's like, how can we create content and how can we do things that will bring those two together at that passion point? Mm -hmm. And I think when you're thinking about your work in your life, it's really tuning into that. Mm. What lights you up? What makes you feel good? What makes you feel passionate? What makes you want to get out of bed in the morning or go out at night? You know, it's like what are those those things? I think we totally overcomplicate it, don't we? And I think it's also because it because it is what lights us up and what has come so naturally to us. I think we confuse it because it's too simple, it's too obvious, it's too easy. And then we lose confidence because it's like, well, no one would want that. But actually, you're right. It's totally that. It's like, what do I get a buzz out of? And what is my highest excitement? And how can I
0: make it work and help other people?
1: Yeah. And I know I'm making it sound super easy. Like, I went to a Ibiza. Yeah. I got a number one on iTunes. I won an award. I did this. Like... I am nothing, you know, like I'm not playing myself down. But at the same time, I was just following my heart. I, w- I didn't try and I didn't set out to win an award. I set out to try and create something that the boys loved, that their audience would love. And we happened to win an award. You know, I was then able to go, I love this. And, you know, it's just like, again, it's like following that, that, that passion and that love has always then led to a situation that was successful for me. Brilliant. And so, so where did you go next? You obviously uh, created this amazing. Did other clubs stop then want to do it? But I would have thought other clubs must have wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Um, yes, but I was uh, after one season in Ibiza, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite <laughs> pretty full on, I'd imagine. I've only been to Ibiza once. Yeah, well I I and so so this okay, so this is the reality, right? So I wasn't making a lot of money out of that podcast. So in order to be able to pay for my apartment and the car I'd hired and all of those things, what I started to do was I had like four jobs. One of them I was delivering records round for a like a promotions company back in london i was dropping off cds with all of the djs in the local clubs like the, the small clubs in san antonio that was earning me a bit every month i was doing driving for one of the nightclubs. i used to go and pick the djs up and drop them off to the hotel take them for dinner and take them back to the airport so i had like multiple jobs and then because i was building relationships with the djs from picking them up from the airport and they were maybe flying in three or four times across the season, you know, again, it was like great relationship building. I decided that I had loads of experience with booking DJs into clubs from my previous job working for Dave. Um, so I was just like, I can get you some gigs. (laughs) (laughs) So I started like booking DJs into clubs and making money off back that. So I was making 15% off, um, every DJ booking that I got for them. So I just, I built myself a little DJ roster. And then on the side of that, I was then creating like more digital content. But yeah, I was done with Ibiza come the October and went back to London and decided to kind of get this agency off the ground. That was a mix of kind of social media. Because social media, Facebook was brand new, 2007. That's when everyone started to join. Twitter was starting to do its thing. YouTube was only a year old. Um, so it was very new at that point. So I started like on the one side, I was you know making money from doing the DJ bookings. And then what I was trying to do was going to like the record labels and going... I can help get your stuff seen by more people like, you know, like let's work together. And, and so I was trying to, there weren't social media like departments at that point, or even budgets for social media at that point. So it was just kind of trying to educate people and come up with ways to get hired to, to come up with kind of content strategies and plans off the back of the success I'd had with we love Ibiza and with the firing squad. And say so what you grew that agency well, from memory, you grew it quite large and with quite a few employees. Yeah, no, I mean, no. I had about six or seven working for me. Uh, I had a nice, I was in, yeah, I, that was for about five or six years. And for a long time, I had the booking, I maybe had the bookings agency for about three years, four years, and then decided to kind of drop that in favor of doing social media uh, as a whole. And what happened was, I got hired to do some stuff in the publishing industry as well as, as, as the music industry and had a really big success with a book called the poison diaries for Harper Collins and uh, the Duchess of Northumberland. We grew her an audience of like 150,000 on a Tumblr blog. And um, yeah, it was that. And so that started to then pick me up other work and, and so I started to get, yeah, jobs working with O2 and Penguin and, and, and some quite big, big named like household uh, corporates, so to speak. Um, but it's still, you know, as a small business, overheads, new laptops, training up staff, uh, oh. <laughs> mouths to feed, Always having the responsibility on your shoulders, always having to win the work, gets quite stressful. Gets quite straining. Yeah, yeah. Is that and way then I was like, sell? what, what, what? Why did I set this up? I didn't. You know, it was definitely a little bit of ego involved. Like I loved being like having managing director on my <laughs> business card at thirty years old and all of that stuff. Like I won't. You know, that was definitely something I've had to kind of chip off the old um but it was again it was just like I think I, I well I started I realized I was stressed out like money wasn't always easy like having to reinvest in the business not taking as much myself you don't get time off um like having to be a manager of people I I was a bit I I want to be liked like a lot of people do and so I found that quite difficult them wanting to like me and be like this lovely fun easygoing boss yeah. and actually be a boss um was difficult for me and um i decided to go on there's a guy called John Parkin who'd written a book called fuck it oh yeah I know, the old yeah. spiritual way yeah and I'd been on, a, I started my spiritual journey and I'd, you know, got into meditation and learning about how energy works and flows within the body. And he was running, him and his wife were running a retreat out in Italy, uh, with Qigong and, um, and breath work. And I decided to go on one of their retreats. It was like, I either like quit this business or I need to go and like learn how to manage my stress. So I decided to go on one of his retreats and I noticed he was like really missing a trick with what he was doing on social media, got amazing brand. Uh, Um, And so I approached them afterwards and was just like, I loved what you're doing. I'd love to get involved. And I think it probably took about a year before you hired me. And I, again, this was like following my passion. Like I'd, started to get more involved in the mind, body, spirit, like on a personal level. So I started going to retreats and weekends. And so when I identified that, I thought I could work with John as well. It was like, right, then invest in going to his weekend workshops, invest in going to another of the retreats, Mm. like show that you're invested in this. And then they hired me and um, he's, uh, he's published with Hay House. And so when I started working with him, I came up with a campaign for his second book, Bucket Therapy, and that was a, a success online. It and, was, because uh, I, I'd never heard of him, and I remember he suddenly, it's funny, I, I didn't realise you were working with him, because suddenly he came out of nowhere and he was everywhere. And that was obviously yeah. a lot to do with what but you were doing do, for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just before we move on, because yeah. that, you just described that place, you know, where you've grown this business and you have this, like, I remember it because I, I remember being there as well. And it's like, it's what you thought you
0: wanted. And then suddenly yeah. you look around and like, every day is kind of increasingly more miserable. And you're kind of like, yeah. what have I done? I've almost created myself a little prison and I don't want to be in here. Mm-hmm. So for, I suppose what I wanted to do for people listening, because you might find there's somebody in that situation. They're either in a job that they really are not being fulfilled by anymore, or they've grown a business that they're not being fulfilled with anymore. Like what advice would you have for them? If they're looking to transition, what advice would you have for them?
1: I mean, Kitty, I like I said, I've made it all sound very easy. There was a period where I was really stuck and it could even have been like two years really stuck. Definitely a year of being pretty miserable. and. I think that I invested in mentors. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I did personal development, um, which helped me really identify because I was trapped in a prison. I remember like going and, and being with friends and being in tears and, and going, just, just change it. It's your business. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't change it. I, I've got employees and I've got, and I've got like Carly, there's nothing I can do. And they were like, of course, there's something that you can do. So getting really good counsel, I think, is one piece of advice. People that love you, people that you can be really honest with about how you're feeling. And 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 also knowing that, yeah, I mean, like I was definitely really felt really trapped. But then it was like something just clicked. And then I made a decision, and I made a very clear decision. And once I'd made that very clear decision, even though that very clear decision was an incredibly hard decision, and that was to wind up the agency to make everybody redundant and to see what happened next. It must have been really hard. Oh, it it was awful. It was absolutely hideous. But I did it with heart and I tried to do it with as much heart as possible and just be really transparent and really honest with the people that were working with me. They knew I hadn't been happy. I knew half of them weren't that happy. But it's like, can we all just get honest? I was like, you actually want to be working for a major record label. You actually want to be doing this next. You actually probably do want to keep working with me, then work with me in a freelance basis if that's what you want. You wish you were earning sixty grand a year. Like that's not gonna happen here for another three or four years if ever so like you know like actually maybe this is creating freedom for everybody yeah how i tried
0: to that's and that's a brilliant way Mm -hmm. to look at it because i think what what also happens is we almost unconsciously sabotage well this is what happened in my case i unconsciously sabotaged what i was doing because i wasn't happy and I didn't really wanna be there. So it's almost like that energy that you're pushing out to the the universe can be picked up on. Like you said, you could feel it in other people and you could feel it in yourself.
1: Yeah. But it's hard for people to get honest with themselves around that Mm -hmm. stuff because a lot of it comes down to security. A lot of it comes down to fear of the unknown. A lot of it comes down to also confidence. Like, can I make these things that I really want to happen happen for me? um because I think if everyone had been happy then the business we all would have been happy and I would have been happy and it would have been working and flowing and it wasn't like I started I looked for signs as well like I started to look for signs like even like small signs like people paying their invoices late like there'd be periods of the business where that wouldn't happen and then there'd be periods of the business when that would happen and I often was like okay so there's a kink in our flow here like so it's just like just just having like this this kind of greater sense of awareness as well and not looking at just as it as through my eyes but also then looking at it from this kind of yeah this wider and i knew in my heart i wanted to be traveling really and i knew it was hard to you know i was having to take the same amount of holiday days and do this and do that because i was an employee of my own company and so like I started to look even like the language like limited company it feels limited (laughs) if I'm a sole trader I'm a sole trader (laughs) I was like okay (laughs) well that's telling me something that's me that's my journey that's personal to me that might not be the same for somebody else so you um made that really difficult decision and yeah that must have been incredibly hard and then and then did, how did things move? You said, obviously you went and did some work for John, and was it from there that you then got into Hay House? Yes, yeah, so so I don't, that had already started as I had the agency, so I was already kind of playing around with do I like it wasn't making as much money as as the other bigger named brands were bringing in um, but it was still a nice trickle of income coming in, so because I'd done well for John um Hay House were recommending me to a lot of their authors and so I started working with Diana Cooper and gosh ton Kyle Gray you know like tons of tons of the authors and um I could see that I could keep I could personally live off doing that work alone if the agency you know the other stuff had wrapped up so I decided that if I was going to quit the business, I was going to specialize in mind, body, spirit and make that my kind of personal niche. And then there was a very natural, so I didn't go, right, because my agency was called KDOT, I didn't go, right, KDOT's over, now social media angel begins. I kind of, I i switched the name of the business from KDOT Online Limited to KDOT Online Consultancy and was trading as that and then the the social media angel aspect started to happen quite naturally across the next sort of year, Um, and I just very organically started to migrate to like a new brand. Mm. And this is what I've seen, you know, doing uh, 70 of these interviews now where I've interviewed people like yourself who are following their passions, you know, it does um,
0: open up, like when we go towards what our heart is telling us we want to do like that from there you know that one client John developed into loads of different clients in an area and a space that you felt really called into and then as you yes. said it's almost like your brand was unveiled to you your kind of purpose was unveiled to yeah. you the more you went along the right path
1: yeah so I've got clients started it was their nickname for me oh you're, you're my social <laughs> media angel like and I kept hearing it and I kept hearing it and I was like huh. I like yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I so, that. so they just became and that, and that keeps happening naturally. So I went from, you know, I was delivering for people. And then I said, there's been like a shift again, even in the last six, eight, six months to a year, yeah. i becoming much more of a kind of coach. Which suits me. And it's, I think it's like, it's almost like a following of the breadcrumbs. I I mean, I am of a, you know, I have a certain personality type. I get bored quite easily. So I need a constant flow and a constant change. But I was just doing the same thing in and out and in and out. Like I would check out and switch off. So, and I'm very, you know, I have chosen an industry which is constantly evolving. Like, you know, Instagram is like there's three new features just in the last week. So, you know, like I love the fact that I'm kept on my toes within my industry as well. Like, Facebook say they're one, they're they're one um, percent finished. They they have a completely iterative strategy, and so I actually feel like my life and my work and everything is one percent finished, and it's an iterative strategy where I'm constantly tweaking and changing and trying this out and playing with that. And that might work for those six months, but then something else is going to develop and change. And there'll be a a slight twist, which I'll take into the next six months. And I think for people listening, you know, that's a really good Mm -hmm. example of, you know, taking the leap, you know, going from your head to your heart, following what it is that you want to do, but not putting too much expectation and pressure on yourself because, you're not going to suddenly get this download or flash of inspiration. You you might get flashes of inspiration, but you're not going to suddenly know your end goal and why you're here. It's almost like you said, the breadcrumbs is such a great analogy because it's following the breadcrumbs, following the sign, going towards what it is that you're enjoying and it evolves. So don't put too much pressure on yourself, you know, and try and enjoy the kind of day-to-day breadcrumb following trail. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely yeah and you know it, it's fun too <laughs> yeah when you get in that yeah. mindset if you if, i think it's great fun but i think people get scared of this whole purpose word passion word because it's like well, how do they want all the answers quickly and i'm afraid that's our yes that's our soul's journey and you know and this is what I say, not just about social media, but I do say it about social media. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Yeah. You know, you developing your message, the way you show up online, you know, like everyone wants, you know, this great analogy, social media and life, that everyone wants the follower numbers. They like come to me and they're like, right, I want 10,000 followers. It's just like, okay, why do you want 10,000 followers? What's 10,000 followers going to bring you? What's the journey that you need to go on from 1,000 followers to 10,000 followers? And it's actually enjoying the journey of it. And what I tend to find is that when clients get into that, enjoying the journey of it, then it starts to happen naturally anyway because you're not forcing anything. When we're trying to make stuff happen, it it, it gets more of a a block to it um in that state of trying and that's that's proved in energy work there's a qigong exercise where if someone's like trying to they can they push you and they'll push you straight over if you're if you're trying to kind of force against them but if you go into completely relaxed body state and then they try and push you when you're in your center and you're in trust they they can't move you at all you just won't budge it's like this strength in your body and i think it's like that same thing it's like having that trust that brings a real strength to the work that you're doing and that allows then things to to happen and manifest so for someone listening let's come on to a bit more about social media
0: while we've got an expert here let's let's utilize her um you just mentioned it is a big goal you know you're kind of measured by your social media following um I'm really interested in what you said yeah. just then about the fact that you've, you coach your clients to lean into it. So for someone listening who's got a little brand, they're starting to follow their purpose, you know, their business is just starting, what advice would you have for them, like you just said, to get this organic uh, following?
1: I would say develop a uh, consistent social media practice. And that social media practice is showing up in various content forms so it might be that you want to show up in the written word video but it's like so it's like you create like a framework yeah. I call it a framework to yeah. flow within and so what you're doing is you're showing up consistently with the thing that you wanting to build your business around um and what happens is is When you show up in that consistent fashion, it's like anything, it's like exercise. When you show up consistently, things over time start to change. You start to get fitter, you start to get stronger. And it's exactly, it's like seeing, um, I did a talk recently called Yoga Your Social Media. So it was like seeing your Instagram feed as your yoga mat. Like how how do you show up on the yoga mat? It's like being a bit flexible, you know, but, but building that core strength. And a lot of people find that they are quite blocked around speaking and showing up on social media because you have to be quite vulnerable with showing up with your ideas and with your products or your services. So it's like, how can you you show up in a way that feels comfortable to you, but also is then comfortable to your audience? And I find when you find that, that space again, it's like that following the breadcrumbs, but through content, um, things start to happen. So, I had a friend of mine that was kind of followed this strategy, and she went from 600 to 10,000 in uh like 18 months. And she just had a consistent, she just consistently showed up around the things that she was wanting to share with the world uh, and made that a practice. Mm. So, when you say consistent, what twice a day or are you talking Instagram lives or no, I, when I say consistent, like I would say it doesn't even need to be twice a day. It could even be like three or four times a week tops, but you are consistent in the message. So say like I do a social media angel nudge uh, little video. So I am consistent. If I post nothing else in a week, I will post a nudge once a week on my profile. If uh, I've got another client, it's just like, okay, uh, they will blog once a fortnight, but they will extract from that blog and post that in, in like a few different ways across the fortnight. So people have a, an opportunity to connect with that content, but the consistency is in the message. The consistency is in the showing up. The problem is, is we when we think we've got to show up twice a day um, and we're then showing up, it's like we go into this, oh shit, what am I going to post now mode? And I call that the social media vortex of doom. It's like where we're thinking we've got to, we're not in our joy space. We're not in that. So it's like be consistent in finding a, a content type that you want to show up in. Like I love making my nudges. So I love sharing those with my audience. It also like gives me a hook every week to talk around a topic should I want to, you know. And and and. My audience know that i 'm going to be consistent with that, same with clients that I work with. they know that they 're going to show up consistently, so it also means if you want to take two weeks off, you can That's because true. they know that you'll come back, mm. yeah and show up consistently again with a message mm. no, very good advice, very good advice and um just a little bit on Instagram before we let you go, so you said uh three three changes this week it, it like Instagram for me is just. <clears throat> bamboozling me at the moment like it's changing so much the algorithms and the engagement seems to have dropped and oh all sorts of things going on so they but i mean it's interesting what they're doing so they're constantly playing with algorithms this is one of the things like um a facebook uh, who own instagram personal subjective and unique they're like their core news feed values so when you're making your content and you're thinking about how it engages, the more people engage with your content, the more people are going to see your content. So keeping it personal, subjective and unique, that's, that, that's a good way to work with the algorithm. But in terms of new features, what they've just released is a follow hashtag feature. So you can choose to ho- follow a hashtag yeah. and then the top posts from that hashtag will show up in your newsfeed which is quite an interesting one so getting to know your hashtags and the kind of content that's on hashtags if you want to be then one of those posts that gets filtered into people's news feeds off the back of that hashtag is something to focus on going into 2018 because that's they literally they're just not, they've only just portal this
0: week in your niche so for example with us it would be passion or purpose we could
1: follow that yeah, but what I would do is start to look at, like, thinking about what are the hashtags that people are going to want to follow. And it might be that you want to be quite even, like, really niche and really look at, like, communities and, and spaces that means you're more likely. So you're not, if you're wanting your content to get seen, you're in a space that there's not as much competition. So that you're more like, you know, it's still a hashtag that, you know, and what you could do, and this is me thinking off the top of my head, is then be like, you know, talk to your audiences and say, follow this hashtag to make sure you see this kind of content from me. Hmm. So that, so that they're then, because, you know, most people who are on Instagram are aware that they're not necessarily even seeing all the content that they want to see because of that, because of the algorithm. So it could be a nice way of helping your audience find your content. Mm, okay. It could be I could say to mine, follow the hashtag social media angel nudge, and that means every time I post a nudge, I know that my nudge will get into my audience's newsfeed who've chosen to follow that. So you could you could use it in a couple of different ways. Mm. Uh, the other feature that they've put out is you can highlight a story on your profile. So Instagram stories only last for twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you now choose, there's a thing in the bottom right-hand corner that says highlight. It will then go onto your profile page, and it will stay there until you. And I think you've got like five slots for your favourite stories to go on your profile. I saw that on somebody else's profile the other day. It's almost down the bottom, isn't it? And you, yeah, it depends, uh, it's showing underneath the bio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then there's also highlights now in the news feed. So when you're scrolling the news feed, it'll pick the people that you watch the most. It'll put their latest story that you can choose when you're actually scrolling through. Which just shows like they see stories as getting more and more popular. And it is apparently there's already more users on Instagram stories than there are on Snapchat. So it's it's getting more and more popular. Yeah, uh, so take your stories and, and take the good ones and save them down the bottom. And what is that for a week or how long does that last? I don't know actually, I haven't because it's brand new this week. So they haven't said, I don't know, whether they're just there indefinitely until you swap it out for another one. And I think there's like I said, I think there's five slots for, for highlights. So I'm guessing that you'd, yeah, if you filled all five, then you've got a new one that you want to do, you choose which one you want to drop. Something. yeah my goodness it's a full-time job just mm-hmm. keeping track of all the changes really yeah it is but no katie thank you so much for coming because i know that your transitional story and you know will really inspire our listeners you know they're out there making those changes and i know that your journey and your story will really inspire them so um, i want to
0: thank you thank for coming you. on kitty talks and sharing your life journey
1: my pleasure mm
0: and we will have all the katie's details in the show notes so um, you can find out more about the social media with angel and we'll have all the details so you can follow her so follow her follow us and please by all means send mm. us your
1: comments and your likes and let us know any questions you may have that we can follow up on
0: but we will see, yeah we will see you again again next week on kitty talks Bye bye. this podcast was sponsored by my do your dharma course create a life so good that you pinch yourself this eight week online course demystifies dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma